How do you build a church today in this time? Now, we've heard some wonderful, wonderful tips. I've been very challenged and encouraged. I've got to be honest. Uh, I've got to be in, uh, live in integrity that it's only by God's grace that my wife hasn't killed me this far. So let's just, I just want to be <laughs> living in integrity. She's upstairs, so I'm safe around here. Um, I'm going to live one more day. I just see this. But you know, you know, once, a couple of years ago, I was on the marketplace, and, and uh, someone had uh, the chronicles of, or, or the, uh, of uh, what do you call them in English, the Winston Churchill's chronicles on the Second World War. And it's like 15 books. And I said to him, ah, oh. he said, come and Eddie, this is something for you. And he said, I said, yeah, <laughs> you know, my son loves history, but, and I thought, and, and I said, what do they cost, you know? And he said, 10 euros, you know? And I joked, I said, I'll give you five. He said, okay, you can have them. Tuck. <laughs> and I suddenly had 15 books. And I took three with on holiday, and I was like, I read all 15. And two things I read, uh, two things I, I learned from there, from those books. Just two, that's all. Um, I, I, it's, it's the, it was the end of my capacity. I, I, I couldn't take more, you know. But, but uh, uh, in, anyway, uh, and you know, Winston Churchill asked himself how it was possible that Germany got it right between the First World War and the Second World War to build up such an army that they could very easily almost come to world domination. How did they get that right between those two world wars? And his conclusion was they did two things, just two things. One was is that they, that they trained their foot soldier in the very best way they could, discipleship. The, the, the quality of the, your, your conversion, the quality of your believers determines how far they will go. Okay, so discipleship, what Malcolm said this morning, this is so important. Okay, and the second re reason he found was that, um, that they had, you know, you would think, oh, they had some Rockies, uh, uh, this superheroes type of, the whole world wants superheroes to do it, and then we'll do it. If we just have a couple of Reinhard Bonkers, you know, or someone like that, and, and Billy Grahams, then we'll, we'll reach the world. And he said they had... Very many generals that over a long period of time were great examples to those foot soldiers. That was it. Isn't that amazing? Now, I want to say something, and I'm getting goosebumps right now. I believe, if I look at you, if, if, if someone would look at us, he'd say, who are these guys? Ach, they, you know, they struggle with this, they struggle with that. They, you should have seen them, how they were struggling the last years. I feel this day like I'm sitting in a room full of heroes. I want to, I want to recommend many of you guys, and I, know I'm, I can't do all because I don't even know you all. But you know, I've, I've got, we've got two crazy Robs up here. You know, the one left, uh, they both left South Africa. You know, and, and, and uh, it's not like they, they miss South Africa. Someone said, said to me the other day, he saw this car in, 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 in uh, London. Uh, so, uh, so I said, I miss South Africa. He said, then I broke his window, stole his laptop, stole his radio. I said, I hope you feel better. <laughs> but anyway, you know, that's not why they left. That's why they left. You know, they, they, they're crazy guys. The one who went to Mongolia with his wife. I mean, I mean who thinks of a thing like that, you know? Other one goes to Holland where, where you told people, that, you know, then you've got Fred here going to Paris. I mean, for goodness sakes, you know? Where's the, the French? Since the French Revolution, there's no, no one interested in the gospel, so to speak. 
you know. Then there's this guy going to Malta. There's this guy going to England, then going to Poland. Wojciech, how how do people do things like this guy is starting a church in this day and age, in the the corona time? Are you crazy? You know, he comes from from South Africa. You know, if I think of my my, my brother-in-law there, Geis Petri, he has fought more religious battles. I I mean, they've had onslaughts. I mean, you can't imagine what they've been through. There's a guy from Suriname. I I mean, what's he doing in Germany? You know, there's a guy, here's a guy with a beard guy. This guy loves to go to Afghanistan. He's fully, he's full. Now, and now Biden has closed the door. But anyway, this, you know, you've got Betty here. You guys don't know her. She's, as a woman alone, she's been up into Nepal, in those woods. She's been to Uganda. You know, I'm sitting in a room full of heroes. You guys. And we ordinary men and women. God's calling us to integrity. Because if we don't get this right. What Alex has just preached. The world will never get to know Jesus through us. We got to let God do his work. And you know, we are living in, in dangerous times. And I know in a part of parts of New Covenant, parts of the guys are, are scared to say we live in the end times. Well, I'm not. I don't think God says, look for the end. I don't think that. I think God says, when you see these things begin, then look to me. You know, so we've gone through difficult times, all of us, the last last years. And so, so, so I mean, we, we've really had many of us have had very, very challenging times. But we, what we need, we need to hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. We need to hear that. We need to hear that today. We need to hear that in this day and age. And, you know, there was a guy. Hundreds of years ago, almost 800 years ago, there was a guy called Francis of Assisi. You know, and, and this guy, and he was longing to, and he was, he was full on in the world. And then at some stage, he started to seek God. And he really wants to, 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 to serve God. And you know what happened? He was in this, in, uh, in, uh, near Assisi, he was uh, uh, um, in, uh, um, uh, um, uh, in Italy. Uh, uh, here's another, another guy who went to Italy, some crazy guys in this town, eh? Uh, Anyway, uh, on a pilgrimage to Rome, he joined the poor and begging at St. Peter's Basilica. He spent some time in the lonely places asking God for spiritual enlightenment. He said he had a mystical vision of Jesus Christ in the forsaken country chapel of San Dominio, just outside Assisi, in which an icon, okay, just give him grace, this is Catholic in in those days. Anyway, which an icon of of Christ crucified said to him, Francis, Francis, Go and repair my church or my house, which, as you can see, is falling to ruins. Now, God, so God said, he felt God said to him, go and repair, restore my church. You know? Now, what would we do in our day and age to build God's church? What would we do in this day and age? You know what he did? He said he took this to mean the ruined church he was presently praying, sold some of his clothes from his father's store, assisted the priest there, and the priest refused to, to accept the money. And, 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 and so Francis was upset and threw the money into the church. So he thought he had to renovate that building. Now maybe many of us, we try to restore the church in the wrong way. It's possible. I think all of us have been guilty of that. That we don't really see what God wants to do. You know, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. This is those amazing message. 
in, in, in Revelations where Jesus speaks to seven churches. He says seven things to them, to all of them, seven things. You know, he's got an amazing thing. And, and four of them have got a reference to his second coming, which to me means he spoke to those churches literally in those days. You know, but also that is like a completed seven message to his whole church over all ages. And I think at any time as a Christian, you can find yourself as one of those churches. How's your spiritual condition? And maybe, maybe you, you've got a name that you love, but you, you really, maybe you've, you've become lukewarm. Maybe, you know, maybe all, all the time, maybe you're going through suffering. All the times we can find ourselves somewhere. There. It's a, for me, it's a complete message to his whole church. But, you know, something very interesting happens. In the last four, he, he swaps the, 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 those words. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, and he must overcome. He swaps them around. Suddenly, the, 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 the order is changed. And the interesting thing also is that the, those last four all have references to his second coming. So I believe those are the types of churches that will be around when Jesus does come. You know, and, and you can see examples. There's many examples uh, uh, of that. But, but, but he says, for instance, uh, uh, Revelations 2 verse 25, Nevertheless, what you have, hold fast till I come. Revelations 3, 11, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have so that no one will take your crown. And now the amazing shattering thing of it also is that three of the four of those churches were ill prepared for him for his coming. And with, with bad, with huge consequences. I mean, the one who was, was not living in integrity, getting moral compromises, allowing sin and, and, uh, into the church, he says to them, Revelations 2.22, Behold, I will throw her on a bed of sickness and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. Into great tribulation. Could be a reference to the great tribulation. Revelations 3.3. 3. Uh, this was the one who was, uh, um, uh, 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 had a name that they alive. You know, they just do things for the show. Also not being integer, uh, you know, uh, living in integrity. He says, so uh, remember what you've received and heard and keep it and repent. Uh, uh, he says, and if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. Now, it's never supposed to be that we are in the darkness. He says, Paul has said to the Thessalonians, brethren, you are not in darkness that this day will come to you like a thief. You will know. You will notice it when you see all these things. You know, you will know. And to the church that is lukewarm, he says, because you are 316, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. That's heavy. But there was one church that did stand up in the end time, that was ready. And, and of course, we all know it's the church of Philadelphia. Let me just read it. Uh, uh, Revelation 3 from verse 7. He says, and to the angel to the church in Philadelphia, right? He who is holy, who is true, as the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens, says this, I know your deeds. I've put before you an open door which no one can shut, because you have little power, and I've kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie, and I will make them come and bow down at your feet, and, 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 and I will let them know that I have loved you, because you have kept 
the word of my perseverance. I will also keep you from the hour of testing. The word actually says there in the Greek, out of the hour of testing, which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have so that no one will take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He will not go out from it anymore. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven and my, uh, uh, from my God and my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You know, it's interesting that all those letters, he starts, he said, say to the angel of this church. You know, I, I mean, I've looked long for angels in my church. I prayed, oh Lord, don't, you know, send me some, not fallen ones, please Lord, you know. But uh, uh, anyway, but that word angel means messenger. Hey? And it's used for John the Baptist. Now, I believe in this sense, it primarily, first of all, means the lead elder. You know, because it's, it's so nice because God doesn't give him, he's not the pastor above others. You know, he's, he's just the one who's the last responsibility and, and must pass the message on to the church. But in a sense, all of us as elders... You're a messenger to people. You that have small groups. You that lead, that lead other groups. You are a messenger to those people. Yeah. And you know when God says, listen, when you need to in this time, and, and it wasn't easy. This time we've been going through all of us, through the whole world. It's not been easy. But we have this responsibility. He's, God says, listen well now. Say to the messenger. Say to the messenger, and every time, the amazing thing in these, when you study these, these, these churches, in his name, he gives the answer to, to the problem for every, every church. But So we will, this afternoon, we don't want to forget who's speaking to us. I mean, as I've heard these men preach, as I've heard words come, as, as we've worshipped, I want to remember that we are, we are talking about the Holy One, the true one, the truthful God. I don't want to forget that when we read his word, when he speaks. I don't want to forget that he wants to speak to me. That he wants to say one word and my soul can be healed. One word and I can be a changed man for time and eternity. You know, so I want to, I want to be open. I want to hear, you know. And he says, I know your deeds. You have little strength. Behold, I've put before you an open door which no man can shut. You know, and that open doors, it's what we all long for. You go to Malta, you want to reach the heart. You go to Mongolia, you go to Holland, Germany, wherever you are. Poland, you say, Lord, give me hearts, open doors for us. You know, and it points to the task that we have. He said, I will put my power, my spirit upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Huh? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, until the ends of the earth. We're going to hear more about that tomorrow. The ends of the earth. But he says, no one can shut. Now, if, 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 if the church that has the victory, even in the days before Jesus comes, eh, that Jesus says to them, listen, there's going to be open doors and no one can shut them. God wants us to know that even though we are struggling, even though we don't see it or understand it, the victory is certain. God wants us to know that. You know, he says, he says, Revelations 12, when he speaks about the brethren, he says, they have overcame him, the devil, when he's cast down, and I believe out of the spiritual world onto the earth. You know, it says, they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb. So that's because they lived in integrity, in, in holiness. They, they confessed their sins by the blood of Jesus, which cleanses us from all sin if we live in the light. 
you know. And by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives even when faced to death. Now, you know, the devil knows this. And the devil will do everything to try and stop you. He'll, he'll even use brethren, sending you a nice letter, for instance. You know, some, I've heard it's happened to some guys. But, you, you know, at the beginning of this whole corona thing, just like you, we were also shocked. And we really asked God, God, what do we do? Then God gave us the scripture. I mean, I've shared it many places, but it says, Isaiah 8, verse 11 the Lord spoke to us, and I'm so glad for the scripture. He said, for thus the Lord spoke to me with mighty power and instructed me not to walk in the way of this people, saying, you are not to say it's a conspiracy in regard to all that this people call a conspiracy. And you are not to fear what they fear or be in dread of it. It is the Lord of hosts whom you should regard as holy, and he shall be your fear, he shall be your dread, and then he shall become your sanctuary. You know, now, 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 in this whole thing, the devil has got one goal. He wants to stop us being a testimony. He wants to stop us that other people would see Jesus through us. First of all, personally, through us personally. And, you know, living integrity has got a lot to do with that as well. As, but he says here, God said to us in the scripture, he said, do not fear what others fear. Now, I know it's a terrible illness, this corona. And, 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 and I mean, but they literally, you know, to be quite honest, there are a thousand things that you and I can die from in this world. You know, and God does not want to. We've had, I've known some people who haven't been to a church. Some people, and, and even though someone hasn't been to a shop, hasn't been to a, a supermarket, out of fear. You know, when fear grips your heart. You're scared to go out. You, you, you cannot go anywhere. God hasn't given us a, 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 a spirit of fear. Hey, uh, Malcolm so, so wonderfully shared with us as Paul was encouraging Timothy. You know, you go into survival mode, but God says, no, no, no. I've given an open door. Don't forget. Don't forget. I've given an open door. Now, now I'll, we're going to more of how the devil tries to discourage this. But there's a story which I've, I've preached about a lot in the last months, which, which illustrates how the devil gets right to, to grip even heroes or men of God with fear. And it's the story of Elijah. I mean, this man stood before a king. And I mean, if you think that God says that I will send you in the power and, and spirit of Elijah. Huh? And, and I, I mean... He stood before king and says, not going to rain unless I say so. Imagine, you know, we're going up to Mark Rutte in, in Holland. Uh, now, we don't know who's going to follow up on from Merkel here in Germany or whatever. And you say, listen, you guys, or it's not going to rain until, unless I say so. Uh, <laughs> now, I mean, and, then, and, 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 and because, because he, said he was a man of integrity, you know how, he, how he's introduced Elijah? He says, the God before whom I stand. You know, and, and then it didn't rain. And the king wanted to kill him. You know, it didn't rain. And then he called all those bold prophets. And I mean, and he mocked them and he challenged them. He challenged, he went, our fight is against, is not against flesh and blood, it's against the spiritual powers. You know, but we do not, if we live in fear, we are crippled. We need to stand up in faith. We need to be praying. That's also has been said, like Tyron has encouraged us. 
You know, we need to stand up in faith because we, we, we follow the true and the holy one. You know, who says, I have opened, no one shuts the doors that I open. You know? So, so, so and, and, and he, so those bold prophets, he mocks them, and then he calls fire out of heaven. I mean, I hope there's a DVD or something or a recording. I want to see that in heaven. I say, Lord, just play back just for a show. I, I want to see that. Please, Lord. Time is not a problem for you. I want to see that moment. Eh? It would be great. I'm alone. Is someone going to join me in that? Uh... All right. Okay. Hey. Yeah, you bring popcorn. Man. Oh, man, I'm going to love it. Eh? You know? And then he goes and he prays. And again, says he prays seven times. Completeness. He, we, man, sometimes we stop too soon. He prays seven times, and then rain comes. And then he runs faster than any horse can run. And then it says, it says, Isaiah, King, 1 King 19, verse 1, said, I have told Ezebel all that Elijah done, how it killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Ezebel sent a messenger, or, or sent an SMS, or a WhatsApp, or a something, Instagram, to Elijah, and said, so may the gods do to me, and even more, if I do not make your life as one of them by tomorrow about this time. And he was afraid. And he rose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself, when the day's journey into the wilderness, came and sat under a juniper tree, requested for himself that he might die. And he said, it is enough now, Lord. Take my life, for I'm not better than my father's. He lay down to sleep under the juniper tree, and behold, there was an angel touching him, saying, arise, eat. You guys know the story. And there was bread cake, and again the angel touched him. And then he stood up, went to, to Horeb, and he came to the Mount Horeb, verse 9. He came there in a cave, lodged there. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God, the Lord of hosts. For the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword, and I alone am left. I seek my life to take it away. I mean, Elijah was a man like us. Suddenly we say, Oh, yeah, oh, man, I can identify with this guy. But the guy bringing fire from heaven, praying for rain. Oh, that's, that's, that's not, I, I haven't seen that. He was gripped by fear. Suddenly, the devil got it. I said, I want, I want to die. I want to stop. I want to give up. I've heard pastors in our ranks, beloved brethren, saying, I was not made as to be a pastor in a time like this. I want to give up. My heart cries because I feel what they feel. See, and it was just an SMS. It was just a WhatsApp. It was just an Instagram message. But fear, the devil allowed the devil to grip that heart, to stop the testimony of this man, to stop that testimony. You know, all experience, he expected now the nation will see, now I've brought fire from heaven, now revival is going to come. And it came differently he had to wait i mean the words have come this this day as well that how many times do we have to wait didn't come like we thought it would we misunderstood god maybe we didn't understand i mean now you read you read abraham shoot 25 years for isaac i never read that like that before he had to wait 25 years for that promise you know he was depressed you guys he felt depressed. He felt bitter. He felt disappointed. He felt lonely. He felt misunderstood. He felt not appreciated. I've, I've, he, said, he said, I've given all. I've given all. 
He, 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 said, uh, he said, I've been very zealous for, for the Lord your God. Lord, I've really, I've not held back. You know that, Lord. And here I am. Now, if it stays like that, the devil, the devil has stopped that, that you are the light of the world has come. You know, it's the light, we are the light of the world in this darkness. So that lamp on the light we've got, I can't put, I'm hiding my lamp under the, tish, the table and no one can see it anymore. And he even felt, ah, oh, it's probably what, what, where's God's church? Where's God's church in this time? Where's the witness? You know, I said, I alone am left. It's just a few of us, you know. Because I must say, I'm, I'm, I was serious when I started this message. I feel like I'm in a room full of heroes. I was serious. I'm dead serious, you guys. God has seen everywhere. He says, I know your deeds. I know what you've given up. I know what you've done. He loves us. He knows. He knows what we need. He knows our, 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 that we are but but, but flesh and blood and, and but dust and, and ashes, you know? And that we feel alone. But it doesn't mean that our perspective in those moments is right. It doesn't mean that. Because maybe we must turn our eyes away from our circumstances and onto Him, you know? Because, you know, you know if, if it, that was the only testimony you had, if it was only Elijah, if, if, if we are alone, oh, Lord, it's just me, then the Lord has got very little in this world. But the Lord had even that to say to him, listen, I've got 7,000 that haven't bent their knees before Baal, you know? And the Lord wants us to remember there's a corporate testimony. Doesn't he say, he said, you must keep on not forsaking your assembling together to encourage one another even the more so as you see this day approaching. That has become alive to me. The importance when we see these things happening, when we see Jesus is saying, you know, come on, I want, I want to use your guys. I want to bring in this later, this harvest, you know. And don't forsake. This corporate whistle, because you see a local church is a city on a hill. It cannot be hidden. Everyone in that town, in that city, will see it. It's the corporate witness. And you know what? what is the, so what does the devil do to try and stop that witness? You know, it wasn't different in those days in, 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 in Elijah's day. When the king was strongly against it, they were, they were fighting the Christians. They were, the decrees were going out, and Baal was reigning, and his laws, and, and you could offer your children, and, and who knows what could happen. You know, but, but there was, in, in First King 18, there was this other believer, this guy, it says he called Obatya, uh, verse 3, 18 verse 3, it says, Ahab called Obatya, who was over the household. Now Obatya feared the Lord greatly, and when Isabel destroyed the prophets of the Lord, Obatya took a hundred prophets and hid them by, uh, uh, by fifties in a cave, and provi provided them with bread and water. So there were a hundred other prophets in that same time, that also had to go into lockdown. You know? Not just Elijah who had to hide himself and was in lockdown, but also a hundred other prophets. You know, so what does the devil do in our day and age? You know, if he can't grip you by fear, he says, Jesus says, when you are one, the world will see. You know? So I said, if you can't join, I must divide them. 
So when this whole corona thing started, the one group said, oh, please, please, please. You know, we must follow everything the government said. And the other one says, if you do that, you are following the devil. It's a complot. It's a, it's a, it's a, 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 a conspiracy. You know, uh, that's what the other group said. You know? It wasn't different in the days of Elijah. I mean, Obatia was glad he had two caves. He could separate those groups. One in the one cave and one in the other cave. Oh, my goodness. Nah? There was only one problem. There was internet in those caves. And they started sending their messages. And they started, you know. And then to, as, as the corona thing, another thing came. One part said, oh, I want to be vaccinated as soon as possible, you know. Oh, another one said, it's the mark of the beast, you know. And I said, never in my body, you know. And you are unbelieving. And you say, and you guys are, and I, again, two caves. Thank God they would have killed each other just about. And what does God say? God says, do not fear what they fear. God says, do not call a conspiracy with it. Even there might be truth in some of those things. Do not, you fear God. You put your eyes upon him. So we've had, we've got in our, that in our, those different thoughts in our own family. We've got those thoughts in our church. But what do we say? We say, brother, you want to be vaccinated as soon as possible. God bless you. You don't want to. God bless you and protect you. Not that, whatever, God must protect both. Which actually the fact, the fact show as well, you know. We, need, we all need God's protection. But God bless you. You see, you guys, we, we are not, hey, we are not an organization as a church. We are a family. We are a family. And why must we must you be different because you have a different opinion to me? Why are you there no longer my brother? You know, the devil wants to stop our testimony. That's what he wants to do. You know, and no one has said this is going to be easy, eh? No one has said that. Because he says to this church that, 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 that overcomes in this time. In verse 10, Revelation 3, he said, Because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I will also keep you from the hour of test testing, which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell upon the earth. But what needs to happen? You know what God did with, with Elijah. Elijah came to this Mount Horeb, and you know the story. I know that. And, uh, but it says in First uh, Kings 19, verse 9, it says, it says, he went into a cave, and he spent the night there. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very committed to the Lord, the Lord of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken, I have overthrown an elder slain nine prophets with the sword. I alone am left. So, but he said to him, go, and go out and stand on the mountain. And we know that. Then the wind comes by, the, uh, the, the, um, broke the rocks, uh, earthquake comes by, the fire comes by. But God was not in that, you know. And then, and then when he's once, all of that has happened, again God says to him, what are you doing here? And he said, Lord, I've been very committed to you. I've, done, I've given my all. Huh? The God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken thy covenant, overthrown thy altar, slain thine prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are striving to take my life. You know, first of all, what God does is he says this to Elijah. He says, he, God is speaking to him personally. He calls him by name. And as we, 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 it's been said here, but I, God wants to speak to you, man. And, but he's saying, you need to come out of that cave. We, we don't have to wait for the government to say, okay, end of lockdowns. We, 
need to come out of the caves. And you know what the first thing, what, what interests me, what was quite amazing, is that the same answer before and in the cave, and when he came out of the cave, Elijah gave when God asked him, what are you doing here? Which shows me that, you know, our cave thinking needs to be changed. We need to allow God to change us. You know, and, and, and also, I think our expectations also might need some adjustment. Because the strong wind came, and God was not in the wind. The earthquake, God was not in the earthquake. Fire came, and God was not in the fire. I mean, you guys, you say, oh, Lord, please do something. Lord, we want you to break through in our church. Lord, I want you to do this. And you know what God wants? You and I to hear his still, small voice. He just wants to speak to your heart. That's all. That's all he wants. Because it's all you and I need. When God speaks to your heart and he tells you that he loves you, you will, you will get all the strength you need. You'll be encouraged. When you open your eyes, you'll see, you'll see how, how great he is. You'll see that he's prepared a way before you. But we need to hear his small, still, small voice. You know, he says to Isaiah, even though you don't feel like it, even though you're downcast, even though you're bitter, even though you, you are disappointed, he said, I still have a job for you. Your calling has never, be, has never stopped. I still have kings that I need you to go to. That you, you're still going to have influence in this world, in the secular world even. And he says, there's a prophet. There's, there's other leaders you, you need to disciple and you need to bring through. There's an Elisha. There's king of Israel. There's leaders in, that you, that I want to use you. My plans for you have not changed. You know, he says to this church in Philadelphia, verse 7, go back to verse 7, Revelation 3, verse 7, he said to the angel of the church, He who is, the, who is holy and is true, who has the key of David. Now remember what Alex just shared with us. A man of integrity of heart, David, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. You know, in, in, in uh, uh, Acts 13, verse 22, he says about David, he says, I have found in David a man after my own heart who will do all my will. We don't want to stop now. We don't want to say, Lord, I've tried so hard. I'm not going to do that last bit. I want to do all your will. You know, I believe that's the key. If we, if we have that integrity of heart of David that, that, that we are so challenged by Alex now, that, that's when God gives us the key of David. That's when he opens doors. When he finds, here are men and women, oh, that God may find men and women amongst us and that he might find in our children and in our fruit, in our churches, men and women who will go wholeheartedly after him, who will do all his will. Who will not stop. Who will be crazy enough not to fear man. Not to look at circumstances. Oh that God will find such people. Two years ago. 
beloved brother of mine, who many of you know, on our eldership team was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer phase four. The doctors, there's a doctor in front of our church, who sat in that inner gave him with chemo five months. They expected him to live. We were shocked. We prayed. And then God spoke to us and said, God is in control. I remember Renee praying it out. And, and suddenly there was peace. And day my wife said, she said, I've got so much peace, I'm almost ashamed. And many of you, I know you guys in Paris, you prayed. For, and, and, and then the doctors were amazed at what happened. I mean, and then France and Tana lived as if he wasn't ill. He was going all over the place. Even while he had a port and getting his food, he was going to the shopping center. And he was just all, they went on holiday. They went to, to, they went to France. I mean, any, anyway. Exactly to the years after that, to the day, France passed away. But in the two months before he was lying on his deathbed, I spent almost every day, I spent a few hours with him. I worked with him for 28 years. You know what Franz said to me? Because he was phoning people and he was praying for them. He was giving words to them. People were coming there to encourage him and they went encouraged. And he said to me, Eddie, first of all to me personally, he said, Eddie, you must stop looking back. You must look to your eyes on Jesus and then he said to me, he said, you know, your calling and your life is not determined by your, by your circumstances. Now, this said a dying man on his deathbed. He said, it's not determined by your circumstances. He said, your calling and your life are determined by that which God still wants to say to you and that which God wants to say through you. And when that is done, you're ready to go. We are sitting here. I want to ask you. You don't have to be ashamed. If you feel like Elijah. If you've allowed fear to grip your heart. If you're scared that you've lost your calling. If you think God will not achieve his purposes anymore. You don't have to be ashamed. Elijah was a man just like us. If you feel you've been caught in so many thoughts about, is it a conspiracy? Is it this or this? I want you to say, you know, like God said to us, he said, you know, put it all aside. Don't call a conspiracy what they call a conspiracy. But don't fear what they fear neither. Let us go out as Elijah did. And let him speak to us, to you, in his small, soft voice. May we hear what the Spirit says to the churches. God has placed his hand upon us. He has called us. He has the key of David. He is the true and the holy one. He shuts, he shuts and no one opens. He opens and no one shuts. He loves you. And maybe you need to hear that today.
Maybe you need to say, Lord, and I know we have started to react already this day, but maybe I want to ask you, if you want to say, Lord, I need you. I need to hear you. And I don't want to be caught in conspiracies. I don't want to be caught in fear. I don't want to, be, I don't want to remain in my disappointments, my bitterness, my not understanding, my feeling misunderstood. I want to be a light of the world personally, and I want to be part of your church that is a city on a hill. I want to lay down my life to see your church build, as Paul said he wanted to, because that, those brethren are going to have the victory in the times we live in. If you want to, maybe you just want to stand where your arm can move, but I'd love to pray. I'd love to pray for you. And so, Feel free to react in any way you wish. Lord, no one knows us like you do. No one. No one knows me like you do. And you've spoken clearly in your word. You say, I know your deeds. I know everything about you. And Lord, you are calling us this day to persevere. But you're not calling us to now expect immediate great things or to do this great escapades, Lord, but to come to you, to have our thinking changed by you, to, to put our, ex, our expectations away and say, Lord, we want what you want. But we want to hear your small and soft voice. And so I pray for everyone, Lord God. I pray for every couple. I pray for every church. Yeah? I pray, Lord God, that we will, you will open our eyes. I pray that you will open our ears. That we will hear what your spirit says. And that we will not fear, Lord. That we will not fear. Because the devil is throwing everything he has at the church and at us. He's trying, but Lord, he will not succeed. And I worship you and praise you for that. I worship you. And so I ask you to bless everyone that stretches themselves out at this moment. And I pray, Lord God, to re that you release faith, that you release courage, that you release vision, that you release tragedy in every heart, in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, uh, please, just proceed. I, 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 I normally don't, don't do this. There was a part that I thought I, I, I'd share. I just want to, that we end on a, on a, on a, on a you know what? Part of that church of Philadelphia, he says, I'll bring those from the synagogue of Satan, and they will acknowledge that God is with you. You know, guys, we go through tough times. At the last two weeks, God reminded me of something, which is, you know, you always want God to do big things for you. You know, and some of you have read my book, know the story, and I've told it someplace before. 
But God just reminded me of something, and I was actually so shocked at God's wonderful grace. And, and, and just know that it's there for you as well. My brother told all the stories of us coming with a suitcase 30 years ago to Europe and how God provided us. So I went to South Africa, played golf with his friends, lent a bag full of golf from some of them, and there were no uh, uh, golf tees, you know, in there. So I asked them, my, his friends, I say, hey, have one of you got a, just a golf tee for me? You know, because there's nothing in his bags. So his one friend says to me, I thought God provides for you. Now, I mean, that's the moment you want to call fire from heaven. <laughs> you know, that's the moment you want to, you know, you know. And so I, I, and I, got, I said, yes, he does. You know, and I thought, I'll show you how Christian eats a golf ball, you know. So, and I, I thought, I'm going to eat an albatross now. That's even better than an eagle, you know. I'm going to show him. You know, so I hit that ball down the fairway, and the ball takes a left. Into the rough, into the bushes, you know. Oh, my God. That's the moment you want to say, oh, mountains fall on me, you know. Anyway, get into the car with this man, you know, with the golf court car. Go, we find, we, we, uh, and we look, we find my ball there in the bushes. What do you think lies within one meter from my ball? A sealed packet full of golf tees. I'm telling you. Now, you guys, listen. What is this worth? What does it cost? Ten cents, maybe. Ten cents. Now, imagine what God did to enable that. God didn't get an angel to, to drop a thing there. Someone obviously lost it from it, bought it at some time in his shop, fell out of his cover, didn't see it, didn't have to be too long before. No one came there before I came. God made it that my good shot had to be turned into... No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you played with me, eh? You see, you see, you see. Okay, 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 okay. I'm a man of integrity. One of the shots that I occasionally hit, you know, that it went into the woods, you know, and all... Imagine this, you guys. To reach this guy. He, the fear of God came in. He, he started going to church, that guy. He said he didn't dare hit the ball further than I anymore after that moment. But imagine, you guys, for a 10-cent thing, what will God do for you and me? You know, this simple story, how that has encouraged me, and I hope it encourages you. We serve a great God.